I'm Will. And I'm Luke. And this is Will and Luke Discuss. A vodcast. And podcast. Where we discuss content related to psychology, personal growth, self-development, and well-being. This This episode, episode, we're discussing... The Time of Your Life program by Tony Robbins. So this is a audio program that we both went through. um, And there's an accompanying... Um, set of you know worksheets and tasks that you go through it's a, a 10-day program um he describes you know as a 10-session program that you can go through and it's uh i suppose the main gist of it is thinking about um where you put your time where you put your focus and putting together an ultimate vision ultimate purpose um and tying them in with a a larger life purpose that you have and yeah, looking about how like on a week to week basis, you can um, keep these in mind when you're focusing on targets and goals and getting things done. Um, I'm not sure if you think that'd be an accurate way of describing it, but I suppose that's, that's what I got from it. Yeah. I'd say it's a, um, a program to try to get you to think about your life in its entirety. Um, so not just your professional or your exercise or your romance or your friendships, just all of it, <laughs> just dump it all together. Look at what your highest values are. Look at like, ideally, if you were spending your time the way you wanted to, how would you be spending that? Compare it, that with mm-hmm. the realistic ways in which you are spending your time now and try to shift from yeah the mess you're in at the moment to the ideal you'd like to be in. <laughs> So I'd like to start off and say that I'd always been a bit, um, what's the word, apprehensive of reading anything or listening to anything by Tony Robbins. I think uh, maybe just the clips I got of him online or the way he was spoken about, he seemed, um, what's the word, maybe a bit like brash for me and just a bit over the top. And um, I suppose I I didn't really respond well to that initially. So I I was apprehensive to do this, but um, you'd mentioned that you'd done it. Um, maybe three months ago and uh, I recently had a week off work and you'd recommended doing this and saying there's a number of benefits to it so um, I recently finished this um, a couple of weeks ago and I really enjoyed it yeah I managed to get it all done in in seven days and I think I've got something really solid that I can use on a week-to-week basis and something to reflect back on especially in regards to you know my my overall purpose and my drives and how each area of my life has a, I suppose, a set number of action plans and actions mm. to work towards. So I guess it is a good reminder to keep my eye on the ball on the the greater good, the greater goal of my life, my greater vision. Mm. Cool. He kind of gives. So if you like, if I was trying to ex- to explain what you would expect, it's kind of like each. He suggests you listen to it in the morning and like each morning you, you, it's kind of like a motivational speech or lecture he gives for about an hour. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so we've got, I've got to say just before we get into this, like, yeah. this is like the 1991, I think it was, or no, it's, it's, it's like it's in the nineties and okay. it's like it was originally recorded on tape and like the music at the beginning in the morning <laughs> is like, <laughs> I, I found myself kind of like, Getting into it, I don't know if I was doing that. Like ironically, or I genuinely. Into it, but, uh, <laughs> I don't know. How you, sorry, I, I, no, I just cut you off. Then I just think yeah, it's worth yeah. mentioning that this is like it's pretty old school, and it's uh, yeah, 
Yeah, it, it does it. have the feel of the 90s somehow as well, even though a yeah. lot of the content is kind of time irrelevant. It, yeah, like yeah. when it says, like, now change over to the other side of the tape, and yeah, the, the yeah. music is very, yeah. like, cheesy. It's, uh, yeah, so good. Live with passion. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, sorry, you were saying, um, the, I was the just trying to, yeah, to uh, give we, a we, feel we, for what yeah. you would expect if, if, like, if you didn't know what we were talking about, I guess it's like you each morning you would listen to like 45 minutes to an hour of him. I think he's kind of riffing. It's hard to tell if he has a plan, is, but like he's it like, go, it goes roughly along with the worksheets. Roughly. He, he has yeah. like, he clearly has, it's not, he's clearly not reading and it's not completely disorganized either. It's like a mix of like, like planned spontaneity where he just sort of gives a speech for 45 minutes to try and sort of, pump you up on the topic he wants to bring up that day and then leaves you with a couple of um exercises an exercise or two to do that session and so basically you listen to that you do the exercises and that's you done for the day yeah i'm uh, interested to you know get right into it i'm curious what you thought about the the session on day two around um looking it's called time targets day two and he gets us to look at um yeah the, the different ways in which we use our time throughout a week and he has multiple different dimensions he goes through i suppose it's worth me just explaining um but there's the dimension of distraction which he describes things as not urgent and not important the dimension of delusion where things are urgent but not important the dimension of demand where things are urgent and important and the, the zone which is the dimension of fulfillment um i found this exercise really really interesting and um he, he says that like if you're not spending 50 percent of your time in the dimension of fulfillment then um it's unlikely that you're <laughs> not unlikely that you're happy but he says the happiest people tend to spend more time in the dimension of fulfillment mm. doing things that are important to them and meaningful and purposeful but they're not necessarily urgent so yeah um, it's, it's not like a deadline that's due today yeah. I think, so anyway, mate, what, what, what do you reckon? Yeah, I want to hear what, what you thought of that. Well, this exact same thing is in um, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And I'm, mm. <laughs> I'm certainly curious like, as to the origin of it, whether what this or The Seven Habits was the origin of it or someone else or like mm. whether they copied one another. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it just feels like... No, it's a really... I really like it. It's a really clean and clear way to think about... Um, tasks you do but it also feels somehow very like uh management program of the 90s <laughs> which i guess it is but um yeah. so let's see yeah urgent and not important tasks he calls this the zone of delusion well not the zone the, the area of delusion yeah that that I think is probably tempting for a lot of people. And I guess that's why he calls it delusion because you can trick yourself into thinking it's important just because like it has to be done right now. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think of maybe like, especially in this day and age, like emails and texts and stuff. It feels yeah, I put that like, in there. I put yeah. That in there yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like you should be, responding to those immediately even though they might have nothing to do with any of your values um so mm. that stands up for me yeah it's for me too um 
Cool. Yes, I, I definitely found that in the urgent, not important section. I put in things like, yeah, responding to texts that don't need to be done straight away. Um, like travel, I put in there as well. Watching highlights of football games that I don't need to watch at that moment in time. Yeah, um, yeah there's a few things that ended up in there. Um, yeah, I suppose it's, yeah, like responding to things it like can feel urgent, but they're not really important at all. Um, yeah. Something I'm, I found uh, was uh, in the not urgent, not important section, you put in things like pretty much stuff that I would do when I come home and put my feet up for like 20 minutes, I'm just fucking around mm. just to like relax or kill time. And obviously stuff on that is like, you know, scrolling through Facebook uh, pointlessly or, you know, just pointless texting. And I, I put in there, you know, kind of um, maybe unhealthy judgments and worrying about things that aren't important and that <laughs> sort of stuff as well. I suppose based on um, our last podcast, um, uh, well, one of the last ones on flow um i basically thought in this section i want to make those sorts of activities a bit more flow inducing um which so ones when it's uh ones that are like not urgent and not important so the dimension of distraction oh, right. so w when i'm kind of you know times where you're just like a bit tired and you can't be fuck doing anything and you just know like i just need to kind of put my feet up and just do nothing for a little bit instead of yeah. that feeling like i'm kind of wasting time or just scrolling the internet or whatever yeah. I want to try and make those a bit more immersive and flow-based rather than just a okay. distraction. Yeah, yeah. I guess it kind of has a derogatory t tone to it, doesn't it, this area? But, like, when yeah, it's... Yeah, I guess it depends how you value it because, obviously, y you could say this stuff is not important, but when it's things like relaxing and chilling and just zoning out for a bit yeah. when you've had a long day, well, maybe that is yeah. important. Like, maybe that's an important part of our functioning to have those tasks so it's i guess it's what am i saying yeah like if you've had a long stressful day and you want to just like watch an episode of the simpsons and chill out like maybe like what would life be like if you didn't have that ever <laughs> uh so yeah, do you know what I mean? It, it might, it might, yeah. it might not be unimportant. It depends how you frame it, I guess. But then there are times where you're definitely doing that for the wrong reasons. Well, and also look, looking at the amount of time you do that as well. So I, I looked at my week and I thought I, you know, calculated as it gets you to do, like I spend 10% of my time there. Yeah. Like when I broke down my week and I guess I just questioned like, is that too much? Or if it's not too much, at least make those, um, when I'm there, a bit more immersive yeah. like if i'm gonna just put my feet up and just watch crap on tv like maybe watch something that's like really interesting or really captures me or just fully focus on that rather than kind of doing three or four things at the same time like if i'm yeah. relaxing i'm relaxing and relax <laughs> don't, don't. <laughs> yeah yeah don't. um i definitely yeah, associated flow more with the like with the zone of course yeah of course i think i think that was just my my takeaway is that I want to introduce more flow-based activities when I'm in the dimension of distraction. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, uh, g going to the section on uh, the dimension of fulfillment, um, yeah. did you find that you're spending as much time there as you'd like? Uh, no. <laughs> I guess that's the point. Um, yeah. <laughs> Do not carry on if you have to. Yeah. <laughs> it's like kind of... Uh, 
yeah it almost it feels a little bit like a shaming exercise i know it's probably not meant to be that way but it's like forcing you to look at where you spend your time and like how much of it do you spend in this time that's um yeah fulfilling that's like not urgent but very important to you it did um, definitely stand out to me you know when you think about like because you're asked to put in that zone like what are things that you really want to be spending your time doing that are like purposeful meaningful to you that excite you that make you feel alive and you know it gives a really good speech on this and i suppose a lot of us can give give excuses as to why we don't have time to do these things or yeah. why we don't get around to doing them and doing this exercise is a really great way of going okay well if i'm spending too much time like in just distracting myself or doing things that like aren't important but feel urgent yeah. at the expense of doing things that uh, are important to me then that's clearly something worth looking at yeah and i think it's yeah, a really good exercise to raise your awareness um and like raise yeah, your yeah. consciousness to where you spend yeah. your time i think yeah. it, pr- it probably like you probably need more to like if you're really to try and unpack in yourself like what what is it about me like if i know this is where my values are and i know i'm spending more time sort of scrolling social media watching netflix or Hmm. like just sort of being distracted and procrastinating then i i think this would give you like a bit of motivation and a bit of like a shock to the system but i don't think it would necessarily help you really unpack your like inner conflicts i guess it i guess it makes you think about the uh the degree in which you're wasting time yeah or, i think it would help you highlight time. problems yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> the um what one i guess uh reflection i had was in the urgent not important section so this way it says we spend most of our time so sorry things that are urgent and important so the yeah. dimension of demand so things in there i put in are like work cooking cleaning shopping life admin and you know appointments like doctors or whatever so mm-hmm. i spent my, my takeaway from that was like with those things mm. i want to streamline them a little bit see if i can like chip off a little bit of time so i'm not like spending like two hours going shopping or like i think we spoke about this before you know can i instead of going to the shops like twice a week doing like taking absolutely ages to do it can i be a bit more efficient go like once a week or do i need to do like online ordering to save some time and when i'm cleaning do i just set aside like half an hour do i get a cleaner in the house like there's so many ways i suppose we can streamline you know even like the traveling to work you know things Mm. like i I kind of have to do that are important Mm. and also you know um for me with work i suppose i've got set hours but um it did make me think about how much time a week I am spending at work. And um, I suppose I don't really have a choice at the moment, but when, I guess, when flexibility arises, it's going to make me consider mm. how, many day, how many days a week I actually want to work and how many hours a day I want to work. Because at the moment, I don't feel like nine to five, Monday to Friday is suiting me. Yeah, yeah. And that's me spending too much time in that dimension of demand. Like, I have to go to work. I can't just not go or I'll get sack. Well, you can, but yeah, there are, you know, the consequences. Yeah. <laughs> it's always yeah, a choice. Yeah. 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 yeah uh, there's uh, stuff in there I had about like email where it, if you allow it, uh, 
if you allow yourself to be alerted or alarmed or notified, then it, that can feel very much like a demand. Whereas um, I know at some point we intend to cover Tim Ferriss's the four hour work week. And like he uh, suggests in that you like, you dedicate a particular time to responding to things. So rather than being alerted or notified, you turn all that stuff off and you just say to yourself, like, this is a time in which I would take control and allocate myself to responding. And then that's the time you open up the texts and the emails and the, the callbacks or whatever. And so then it's, you're taking it out the demand section and putting it more in the, like, I guess, what would it be? Kind of like the zone, I guess, where it's, it's no longer urgent, but it's still important stuff to do. I guess it depends on the nature of the messages. Some of them might not be important. You, you can change something's urgency. I guess I'm thinking this out loud. You can change yeah. the urgency of something by simply rearranging your time. Yeah, like, you can change it psychologically, right? Some things feel urgent when they might not be like metaphysically urgent like you're deciding yeah. that they're urgent <laughs> it's like the, these are now important to do between the hours of 10 and 11 on monday wednesday friday yeah instead of making it something that's kind of vaguely important across the whole, the whole week the day. yeah 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 and at any given moment you could be alarmed or or alerted i hate yeah. that <laughs> yeah i think that's something i've definitely you know, taken notifications off my phone um, and yeah, kind of when you respond, when you pick up your phone, like responding, like don't pick up unless you're prepared to respond. Okay. So then that would be the area of distraction, I guess. Like when you're picking yeah. it up non-deliberately. So you, you could you're be, you could be alerted to something and then grab it. That would be the zone of, uh, what does he call it? The, the urgent, but not, not necessarily, no, the urgent and important perhaps Yeah, if it was important. Yeah. And then you could just pick it up randomly just to scroll, which would, I guess, be distraction. And then there's, like, deliberately choosing a time where it's like, this is my time which I'm going to respond to things, and that would be making it the zone for you. So I, I just found that um, overall just like a really useful exercise, look at where I'm spending my time, and um, I guess making adjustments based on that. Um, I'm interested to know, um, I guess, a big, a big chunk of the program is getting you to... Um, look at your areas of management in your life. So your personal and your professional life. And then uh, he gets you to look at each category of improvement. Yeah. Um, so breaking those into, um, I, I suppose he suggests having between eight and 12 categories of improvement. I ended up having nine, I believe eight, I'd eight categories of improvement. And, um, Within each of those, he asks you to come up with a ultimate vision for each one, your ultimate purpose, um, the roles you take within that, the resources you have, three to change. So three of the like the key things you need to do to, I suppose, um, achieve that category of improvement, and then looking at like one year and ninety day results and outcomes. And, um, I suppose this is um, a point where it's worth mentioning that um, he calls this the. OPA program, although the worksheet calls it the RPM program. So I think I, I do not know what happened there. <laughs> so the OPA program is basically him saying you start with the ultimate outcome for each area of your life. So for example, one of mine, um, one of my areas is my body and mental energy. And then another one is 
my financial life. So they're like two examples I've got. Um, and he says to start with like the ultimate outcome and then come up with your purpose. So like your reasons why you want to achieve this thing. And then um, going on to, you know, chunking actions that will help you achieve that. So, um, so it's outcome, purpose, action, hence the outcome. OPA. OPA, yeah. So or results, purpose, massive actress, massive action plan. Like, he changed it <laughs> in, in the middle, yeah. Yeah, he must have like fucked around two years later and thought he'd come up with a better idea. <laughs> so let me go about that process. Yeah. So um, the idea is if you think about every thing you do in your life um it could be so it, it would come under some sort of like psychological category for you whether it's like exercise or like going on a date with your partner or like visiting your family or doing some work or playing guitar like whatever it was it would it would come under some sort of category and by yeah um by having like a limited set of categories which fits everything you do in your life within it, I guess that that would be a an act of chunking wherein it all feels a lot more manageable now because like yeah. you know whatever you're doing it fits under these sort of yeah eight to twelve categories and I, I guess the idea is that you can feel a lot more relaxed knowing that everything that's important to you fits in those categories and if you're doing something that isn't within them you either don't want to be doing it or like you need to rethink your categories it's not important yeah no i found that really useful i guess um leading on from the example i gave around one of my categories of improvement my body and mental energy like within that is the the, the chunked actions of you know maintaining a good diet structured exercise um you know sleep and meditation and I'm able to kind of put all those actions under one kind of banner as yeah. working towards this particular outcome, which I found really useful. And I think it's a really good thing just to, just to have, you know, like, especially when you're planning your week and looking, um, you know, looking ahead to what you want to do that week, you're like, okay, like what, what outcomes do I want to achieve? Where can I improve? Okay. I need to put a bit more time into this set of actions or as well, you know? Yeah. To me, this was the, like the central point of the program. Yeah. Um, like it's the thing that because yeah like you said at the start i did this a few months ago now and that that's this is the part that stuck with me the most like which i kind of i still carry these around in my head sort of mm. um whereas a lot of the other stuff i found like i got really inspired for a few weeks and they all kind of slowly flitted away mm. so yeah no i definitely would recommend um like this as an exercise did you I do that so um he he got you to put your life into categories and label them and then he did the exercise of like changing the language of your labels to like really big and inspiring <laughs> phrases <laughs> i kind of did uh i i did do that um i might be a little embarrassed to read that. I, suppose, <laughs> I suppose each each one of them um i, I you know i don't think i need to go through all of them but you know for for example, with um, the uh, uh, category of improvement, my financial life, I describe like I put in brackets afterwards. You know, like my my power word for it, mm. I called that one freedom. Mm. And um, 
one of them as well in my professional category was like my learning and practice. So, you know, based around like wanting to be like a the most knowledgeable and effective worker mm. I can be. I called that one growth and knowledge. Mm. And then my, I got just one final example, my category, my, I called it my eye on the future. I called that calm security. Oh uh, yeah. What's that one? Um, yeah, I just find it. So my eye on the future, I suppose that, that, that one's really around me making sure that I'm kind of, I'm, I'm thinking ahead. So whether that's, you know, a bit financially or like where I want to live or thinking about um, studying or my, a bit about my career and um, yeah, like making sure I'm doing stimulating things and also that like future me will be glad that I made. Mm. Some, I, I suppose it's, it can often fall under like the slightly more boring side of, things but under that like actions are you know making sure i've i've researched all my options so i've got like plenty of doors open if i want to change what i'm doing or go somewhere else um saving money keeping on top of life admin as well so that's probably one of the um least kind of in the moment exciting ones but it's also stuff that you need to keep on top of like it's all stuff about your future and yeah making sure you're prepared for your future yeah, so I'm, I'm not like seventy, and I've got no money in the bank and no pension, and I'm yeah, I'm broke, I'm broke, you know, like just yeah. kind of, just that sort of making sure I'm prepared. I'm like calm about it now, and I'm secure for the future. So that's mm. one of my. So I, yeah, I did. Um, in short, yes, I did try and give each one um, <laughs> more invigorating terms to describe themselves by. But um. Overall, like loved this exercise. I thought it was good. It was. Um, I felt it was a, a good um, way of kind of simplifying a program that we've both done. We've both done the self-authoring program oh, yeah. by um, yeah, written by Jordan Peterson. And um, I guess that gets you to think about like your ideal future and yeah. your like your worst future, and then like having something to aim towards. I felt this was a way of like in a really concise way going like, right, in these eight life areas across work and my personal life, yeah. what is my ultimate outcome? And then eventually like they contribute to like my ultimate vision. Um, and I've got that on like a, a five bit of paper that I reflect on like Sunday nights. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Kind of, it inspires how I plan my week. And I guess it keeps me, um, it's something good to go back to, to remind me what, like the greater good is yeah i think with all this stuff you can end up like getting like if you get sucked in you can get bogged down in writing loads of content and thinking about like millions of tasks so it's always nice just to be able to zoom the lens back and be like if you get a bit lost in the losing the wood for the trees kind of thing you can be like okay well this is where i need to focus on these general areas it's interesting to notice as well where because like I think I initially came up with way more categories and noticing which ones do I want to chunk together. So I think... Categories together, not just the actions, yeah? Well, like, so for example, I I ended up with one around relationships, but initially, like, I think I wrote down sort of family, friendships, like community and romance, and then I ended up just clumping all those together into one. What did you call yours? I'm curious, because I did the same. Uh... On the page I'm looking at, I, 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 it just says relationships. <laughs> yeah, I, I called I called mine my new and existing relationships. Okay. So I called mine. 
Hang on, I, I could probably find the nice cheesy label I, I gave it in the end, but clearly it hasn't stuck. Uh, That's okay. I called it Kindred Soul Connections. Bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, all of mine were oh. that. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, give, give us another couple examples, Scott. Okay, so I turned mind, body, spirit into Olympian yogic athleticism. that's good yeah i turned uh like learning into relentless polymathism jesus i don't think that's even a word (laughs) i turned polymath into an ism i don't think that's allowed one Uh, more before i'm sick (laughs) um, let's see what's a good one Uh, you probably already had the best ones that's right Deliberate, prideful ownership. So that's all about minimalism, like keeping my, my house clean, like making sure like when I buy things, I'm not just doing impulse purchases, but like I'm buying things deliberately and mm. taking out the rubbish, hoovering the carpet, mowing the lawn, that sort of shit. It is, yeah, it is interesting to see how like you've clumped different things into different categories. Mm. Like some of that, some of those things you just mentioned wouldn't fall into... Um, like a category of buying and, and vice versa. So it's, um, mm. I, I just thought it was a really useful exercise to be able to look and just go like, here are my eight life areas. Um, I, I think you know, but or, you know, jokes aside with the language, I think it is really important to try and use inspiring language or something that sits well with you. I suppose I don't personally respond too well to, um, I guess, things that might be considered like slogans sloganistic you're a cynical I, bastard I yeah <laughs> I, I kind of like um you know I, I started all off with like my like yeah my yeah. learning and practice my connection to and love of life my emotional and spiritual growth mm. you know and then and then had like buzzwords around them you know to kind of highlight them um i'm curious um to hear how you you tied them all together into the ultimate vision he gets you to do after that. Have like a central vision for your life where all these contribute. Oh, which uh, day was this? I think that's day seven, I believe. Seven or eight. Yeah. But but did, did you come up with an ultimate vision? I'm sure I would have done his exercises and written a paragraph, but clearly it hasn't stuck with me. Okay. <laughs> so I suppose like... Talk me in, through what you mean. Well, e- you've got each of your um, ultimate outcomes for each of the categories of improvement. Yeah. And then and you tie it, them all together. You tie them all together into an ultimate vision and an ultimate purpose. So I guess for that, I, I had like a paragraph that encapsulated all of those different ultimate outcomes. Oh, I see. No, that sounds good. Sorry, that hasn't stuck with me. <laughs> it's well, hard. It's hard to imagine how you like how you could do that without like writing a book. Well, it's kind of basically it's just like writing out in a short statement like each of the ultimate outcomes because the ultimate outcomes aren't supposed to be like long and big in each mm. section. It's supposed to be like short and sharp. So I guess what I've done is kind of amalgamate those. So I've got like a a paragraph that I can go back to. Mm. Um, so it's kind of like a in the seven habits they would call that a personal mission statement. I'm sure yeah, one of these yeah. is like 
<laughs> ripped off the other. I don't know which way Can't round it is. the other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Tony Robbins probably got a pretty big legal team. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. So, yeah, um, which other bits stood out to you in the in the program? Anything else? Let's see. That was definitely like those categories of life. I mean, he called them. What did he call them? Categories of improvement. Yeah, yeah, like that was definitely the biggest thing for me. The thing that you know, three, four months down the line, has stuck with me. Um, I uh, so later in the program, he. Um, so so far, we've talked about quite um, higher up and abstract, like yeah. global map of our life. I guess towards the end of the program, he goes more into the detail of like your day to day, how you spend your time, and then gets like. Uh, offers you to fill in this diary of the OPA blocks. So like each task you do in life. So even if it's like going to the shops should have like an outcome. So like this, this vision you want for it, um, the purpose behind that vision, like the values that underpin it and then what that action actually is. And um, I found that, I mean, I haven't followed through of it. I feel like the time it would, I mean, he, he does defend this a lot, but I still feel like the time it would take to write out all your actions this way <laughs> would, would almost be a waste of time in and of itself. But, um, I, and, and he also has more on his um, diary he offers. He has more categories than this to fill in as well. So it, it, it gets a bit overwhelming. But I did like the idea yeah. of like thinking about your day and how those individual tasks you put in your diary actually fit into your major categories so that you can then yeah. sort of think, well, what am I not doing today? And maybe that's okay, but like, am I going to do something in this area this week or this month? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's where it works really well. Um, and that's where I, I didn't respond particularly well to the weekly planner um, yeah. in the way he did it, but I guess using these as an inspiration when planning my week going okay yeah. making sure i've got like an even balance of each area or kind of if, if an opportunity presents itself to improve in one of these areas like making sure i'm taking it and you know, immersing myself in it fully mm. um i think it, it would work pretty well with um when doing a project or you have like a specific task i think what i found hard with this is that like mm. at, at the moment i don't although there's lots of things you know i'm working on and committed to and you know like this podcast going to work like um you know trying to maintain friendships and that sort of thing they're good kind of it's good to have this like in the background as like a a gentle push to keep those things developing naturally mm. but like at the moment i don't have like a particular project that i want to work on there's not something that's necessarily so kind of time orientated that it's kind of forced me to come up with like project planning um yeah. So I think it would be something I would use later down the track um, for sure. But I don't think on a week-to-week -week basis I will be kind of writing out each action in relation to its goal and the purpose behind it and allocating time. And it, it feels a bit much, but... Um, yeah, yeah, that's the sense I got. It, it didn't feel like... It didn't feel realistic to... Um, to structure your day so much with like, well, this 40 minutes will be spent here for this 
outcome and this purpose it I mean, everything I could say against it, he, he almost defended it as he was talking about it, right? Because, you know, yeah. his, uh, some people would say that this doesn't allow for spontaneity, but like I say the opposite because the, like you know what you need to do and they can be moved around. And when something comes in, you can calculate whether it's more important to you, higher up in your values, and you can shift things out the way and allow it in and all that. But um, yeah, it yeah. just felt a bit too, what's the word? Like too detailed almost. Like, yeah. Especially yeah. if you're, if you just want to get some small wins and you know, you're wasting a lot of time that feels like <laughs> way too far down the line. <laughs> I think as well. Also, um, I, I kind of, I trust myself to, to get the things done that I believe I need to get done to reach mm. my goals. I, I don't, I don't personally, I think for some people it could be good, but I, d I don't believe I need maybe as much prompting. Mm. Um, I, I can, I mean, pers I can, have a general plan for the week, have some actions that are related to a greater outcome, but not need to kind of keep on top of myself about it. And I suppose that does make me think about, you know, if I did this program, would I be getting things done maybe like quicker or would I be reaching goals? Mm. I couldn't imagine. But um, I suppose in general, like until there's like a big goal or something in particular that I'm really, really working on, I don't think I can plan it that detailed. Yeah. I, I could also say that like, because I haven't really given it a proper go. Like it's yeah. not really <laughs> too fair to criticize it too much. Like if I'm sure if like I went to one of his seminars or something and felt really motivated to do it for a week, then you could come out thinking like, Oh my God, <laughs> I'd never want to like not plan my week this way again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm, I, I, I suppose it's, you just take what you want. From it. But I, mm. I suppose just to, I guess, summarize the section, like the main takeaway is like, when planning your time and planning your week and how you use your time, keep your ultimate outcomes for each life area in mind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I found that re really helpful. And I suppose just these ultimate outcomes are like, I, I feel like I'm just going to stress the word ultimate, but these are just like your grandest visions, what you can like envisage yourself being like what you really, really want and how you really, really want to be. And it's quite, um, it's good to sh like have something to aim high for. Yeah, he does. He does really emphasise like, yeah. Don't think small. Don't like allow yourself to think like, oh, it would be nice, you know, to have a slightly bigger flat in twelve years. It's like, no, like I want three mansions on these islands. <laughs> like I want jet skis and like. It's like just think like if you could literally have anything and everything, what would it be and why and how would you prioritise it? That does uh, remind me. Just the side note that like some of his examples are just like. I mean, love the program, but like some of his examples are just really out of touch. Like, it was like, he, he describes this like dilemma in which he's trying to um, like decide what's the best thing to do for his ultimate outcome. And his dilemma is like, do I go to New York with like a hundred of the world's biggest leaders and talk about, um, you know, like social change and it'll be like the biggest event in history. Or do I, um, film this like this private video on my Fijian island which I've booked in for three months and also I want to make sure that like President Gorbachev of Russia is able to like use my private jet and I don't know what to do I'm like he literally talks about that for 45 minutes and I'm just like his dilemma and I'm just like man I'm just trying to decide like 
very like, considerably smaller things in my life. So, sometimes I wonder whether he's just totally lost touch with like, <laughs> No, that, that one stood out for me as well. Oh my God, it was absurd. I couldn't believe it. He's like, so what I did was I got the private jet for President Gorbachev, but then I made sure that he was going to talk to like the kids of this um, charity I run because I sponsor kids in like university to pay them to go through college. But then also when I was talking to President Bush, I'm like, mate, like, I just made my goals seem like shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... He seems so enthusiastic, like whenever you see him. Yeah. And um, he's like, he's clearly absolutely minted, so, but like he's still like touring all the time. And you, you, yeah. it does leave you to wonder, like, what is it? Like, is, is he okay? <laughs> like, is, is there something like off with him? Like, um, <laughs> He's incredibly passionate. I, 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 yeah. I like that about him. I think he, mm. he means incredibly well. And he's really inspiring. And I'm, you know, obviously he's changed a lot of different lives. I think I'm probably just a bit, I'm a little bit cynical. <laughs> so I it, guess, I guess it, may, it makes me go like, oh, what's like, what's his go? <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking. So without like trying to criticize or gossip for its sake, I, I guess what I'm saying is if, if there is something like defensive about him that like really needs to uh, like keep earning and keep producing and like keep being of value to people and like doing these tours and maybe like if it was, for example, some sort of like narcissistic drive that just keeps him going and, and even if that was the case, you know, more power to him. He's, he seems to be enjoying it and he's getting a lot of value to people. But like, if that was the case, then how, um transferable is his approach to other people like could could it be that it's it's quite a um personal thing to him and that maybe if you really like if you have that real sort of perfectionistic drive that you can relate to maybe that's also quite helpful for you but maybe to a lot of people it's like it's just not in touch with where they're at um yeah, I think he's um, serves as a very good motivator and to kind of like kick you into action and mm. um, get you thinking big. And I, I like his, um, yeah, the way he gets you to think, you know, think big, like go for big things, like who knows what you could be. You know, it's, it's, mm. a, great, it's a great source of inspiration. Um, mm. But yeah, to t- totally picking up what you're saying. Like, um, yeah, it's, um, it's a curious thing when someone's kind of, so that passionate like yeah, that <laughs> I, passionate. I feel very cynical but i i guess i'm wondering like he doesn't say this but uh, it comes off as if as if it's not really okay to be that way like like if you're if you're not living with that much passion for all your goals and purposes then what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> 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 and um, it's it it has a sense of exhaustion in it to me, where I wonder how that's not in him. <laughs> like how, how yeah. can you keep going with that amount of energy? Like it's um, it seems like it's more than he's teaching. Like there's something in him that he's 
that you would need to have above and beyond following his instructions. Yeah. He's obviously killing it in life, though. He's doing life really, really well. Um, there was um, a final thing I wanted to chat about, um, and that was his um, the section on day nine around the power of decisions. And yeah. um, he's got like a six-step decision-making progress, which breaks down into four key things you need to do, and then the top two, like, Anyway, there's, there's, there's like six things. I basically used this the other day to make a decision. Oh, uh, yeah, the OOCEMR six-step process for decision-making. That's the one. Yeah, <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, so basically, like, yeah, I, <laughs> I did it the other day. So I had a decision where I was really tired and knackered from work, but I work another job. Um on like fortnightly on Sunday nights and it's something that's kind of I enjoy doing but it, it kind of is an extra use of my energy that kind of tends to wear me out because I have to go straight from the Sunday job sleepover into the Monday job mm. uh, just in context and I would have had to go back to my other job and I was feeling really really tired so basically I had a decision to make between do I value my, my self-care being rested being sharp for my number one job and you know, being um, yeah, looking after my body, or do I prioritise you know making that extra bit of money and um, following that through? So I suppose I just went through his um, decision making progress, and I thought about like my outcomes, which one um, was like most important. So I wrote that down, looked at my options, and then I looked at the consequences of mm. both of them. So I'm like, okay, if I go to work, I'm going to wake up and be really tired on Monday. Um, and I'm going to have a, like a bad night's sleep. I've got to go straight from one job to another, and I'm not going to be like sharp at work. I'm going to be mm. irritable, probably, and etc. And then I look at the consequence of not going. I'm like, I can have a, I can make the most of my afternoon. I can have a good night's rest. I can be ready to go. And then I suppose the bit, the two bits after that, you know, the meet, um, evaluate it. So weighed them up. Um, and then looked at like mitigating it. So I was like, okay, if I don't go to work, um, what can I use my afternoon for instead? Mm. So I came up with like three things I can do that afternoon that would be like productive, a good use of my time and put me closer to the person I wanted to be. So I, and then also like what ways can I save the money that I'm not going to make from that work? Mm. So like what maybe some things I was going to buy that I chose not to buy. And then I guess the final bit was like resolve, like make the decision, stick with it mm. and know that you're not necessarily always going to be a hundred percent right, but you've like gone through that process. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I chose not to go to work in the end because I valued my, like my health, my like self care, my mental health, I suppose, <laughs> you know, didn't, didn't want to burn out. So yeah. anyway, I, sp I suppose it's something I've kind of done in you know, small ways, like weighing up decisions, but I thought it was, interesting the two extra bits of looking at like which which outcome am i is more important to me now and how can i mitigate some of the mitigate some of the parts of the decision i'm making so there we go that's my little take cool. from that on uh he really emphasizes on on the second o of the oocemr six step decision making process yeah, that yeah. one option is no choice two options is a dilemma and only with three options or more do you actually have a choice. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so it's I, kind of, I had a dilemma. Yeah, I was wondering if you if you uh, expanded that into a choice. Well, there it, wasn't there wasn't a third option. Well, I uh, guess the third op the third option could be you like, could have hired your private jet and picked up Gorbachev. There's always a third option. That's right. Yeah, that's true, <laughs> true. I, gu- I guess the the third option would have been like go to my one job, but then take the next day off at the other job, which like just isn't something I would do. So, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Do you know I mean, I, I'd be I'd be making up options. I suppose, yeah. I suppose that's kind of what it is. Like you can yeah, there. But, um, and I, I guess sort of like thinking about, um, I know you, you had it in another section, but thinking about um, if you were going to do the job that would have tired you out for the money, then thinking about ways you could have saved that money instead is kind of like a third option, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, it, it was good. I, I, I end up being really happy with my decision and making a good call. I, guess, I think it yeah. was good to like cl- clarify like my values and my outcomes. I'm like, I value myself more than just making myself tired as shit for like mm. a certain amount of money that I don't, I don't kind of need. And it's okay. Like I looked at like my savings goals and I was like, okay, I'm on top of my savings goals. Like if I don't make this amount of money, I can, you know, so yeah. it, it put things into perspective for me. And it, I guess, yeah, it was just nice to have like my, the greater good at the center of my decision, not just yeah. kind of going for more um, materialistic um needs or grasping for that instead of looking at what's best for me as a person and yeah. um, my ultimate vision. Um, was there also any, like, did you feel any sort of, uh, like should pressure, like you should go do it because, um, you know, they would want you to, and you wouldn't want to let people down or anything like that. Yeah. I think it, that, that did come in a little bit. And I suppose that gets me thinking, about you know something we talked about the other day around like I don't like have to go I don't right. have I don't have to go to that job like if I don't mm. want to like obviously like I've made a you know a commitment to go and there's an agreement and you know I but like the practicalities are is that like I am a casual worker there so it's perfectly okay for me not to go in but I just won't get paid it's not like yeah. I get sick pay instead yeah so yeah I guess that was that was that was uh, the central dilemma that like yeah center of the choice um (laughs) if i did go i would get paid there wasn't like a third option of like don't go but then claim sick pay or something something yeah yeah Um, but then it's interesting that like you know going back to like the air of like fulfillment and things that are like urgent but not important yeah like for me the important thing to do was look after my body yeah look after my health um Although like work felt urgent and the time for the shift was creeping up on me, it wasn't, um, it wasn't like important at that time compared to my other needs. Yeah. Yeah. How does, how does this fit into the bigger picture than this decision-making process? I think... I think it just gets me thinking about, you know, like lots of small decisions throughout the day as well. Yeah. We, we talked about choice points in a number of different podcasts. I suppose just like when making decisions, just making sure you've got your, your ultimate vision yeah. at the center of that. I guess like it's, it's, it's forcing you to like pull your values in rather than acting on like guilt or urgency isn't it it's like asking well, what you to consider to, what's most important to you 
Yeah, he says like, so so you're not like responding to demand. Yeah, yeah. Like that you're actually like making active choices to do things Mm. you want to do that you find purposeful and that you find fulfilling. Whereas if you kind of just, you know, get, um, you know, just go where you're pushed, decisions will be made for you. So that that was really interesting. Like I do have a, oh, that's one thing he says in that decision making is like, you have to decide that I am going to solve this. I am the one who's going to like come up with a solution. Uh, yeah, yeah. Resolve whatever's going on. And I thought that that was really empowering as well to go like, okay, I could like ring up two or three people and like bitch about it and you know complain. And I mean, to a degree, that's what I'm doing now. But um, <laughs> now, it's now, after I, the like, fact. It's fine. It's after the fact. Yeah, it's good. Good. Um, but um, I guess like it it made me. You know, even thinking about, you know, the six pillars of self-esteem that we did, it you know, yeah. like increased uh, yeah. my level of responsibility. Yeah, I'm yes. Like, this is my choice here. Like, I've got a choice what I want to do. I will face any consequence here. Like, it's not about needing to um, turn up because I think I should or yeah, yeah. trying to do the right thing by someone else's standards. Like, it's me as the decision maker making decisions yeah. that are best for me. Yeah, doing it deliberately and... You can just, it's easy, isn't it, to just sort of procrastinate until a time pressure and then just like let the cards fall where they fall and then you're just well, that's what I floating done. along. And yeah, yeah, I could have, I could have waited till like five o'clock and be like, oh, probably should go now. Like, <laughs> yeah, then like at 12 o'clock, I was like, right, I'm gonna just, dis- I'm gonna make a decision by two o'clock to call up work and yeah. give, them the, give them the notice they need to find someone else. Yeah, so, yeah, um. I guess I've I've always had um I suppose some um, some difficulty with decision making. Often I, I I can get quite indecisive at times. So mm. yeah, I find that that was quite an empowering thing. Oh, good. I might, I might use that again. Yeah, it's just nice to weigh up things and to look at um, yeah the greater good. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Should we give us kind of overall thoughts of the program then? Absolutely. Yeah, I'd love to. Love to hear yours first. I feel like I've uh... so. I guess I. I think, I think he's really onto something. <laughs> like I really yeah. like this idea of, like taking time to pause to really listen to your values to work out like, to, you know, not just to float along but to think about your future and like what you would be pleased with having done, what you enjoy in the moment, how that fits into different areas of life, making sure you're not neglecting any any area of life. And, um, you know, looking at why, if it is difficult to allocate tasks and projects to the things you actually want, then exploring that because, um, you know, there's obviously some sort of inner conflict there. If on the one hand you're saying you want this, but your body's saying like, no, I'm just going to procrastinate. Like, what's that? Like, it's a really, it will help you raise your consciousness to problems and then, um, I guess, as you were saying at the end there, take more responsibility and be more deliberate about where you spend your time and your life. I think mm. the, the program itself, like is, so that I think that's yeah, really good. And I still recommend it. The program itself, I think is a bit, uh, it feels a little bit, um, unorganized somehow although i just laid out a structure like his 
speeches can often be quite long and always not very like often not very to the point and then then his like um mnemonics and things for remembering stuff and categorizing things seem a little bit <laughs> sporadic and like almost as yeah. uh, he probably didn't but it sometimes feels like he just made it up <laughs> then yeah. and, it, and um i'm i'm left with a i feel like given the aim of the program i could have been left with more of a clearer structure in my head afterwards but mm. it all feels a little bit bitty and like I, I kind of lose sight with how, you know, how did that day two fit in with this daily work program, this decision-making task, yeah. and this, okay. where it could have been, a, given the aim of it, it could have been a lot cleaner and sharper. So, yeah, like, I agree. this is, like, a few months down the line talking about it. So, like, when, I guess, comparing it to books we've read, which are often... Like I still, for example, the six pillars, I still have that cleanly in my head. Whereas I feel like I lost a lot of this later. Like it didn't, it doesn't have that like sharp chunked value that some of the structures of the other things we covered have. And I, I think um, just, just to build on that, it's kind of my reflection, like the, the one bit that does feel clear and yeah. does feel structured is, you know, having the different areas of your life. Yeah. The, different areas of improvement, your ultimate outcome, your purpose for doing it yeah. and chunking your actions. Like those things for yeah. me have been, they came in a really, really good time as well. Just, um, Cause I've done a lot of re writing, reflecting and goal setting, but I guess for the first time, I, I suppose I found a program that was able just to, um, although a lot of it isn't simplified, like this part of it was really simplified for me that I can look on it like an A5 bit of paper yeah. and just go like, here is my ultimate vision, here are my ultimate goals. Yeah. And that, that's like locked in. I can, I can redo that, you know, beginning of next year or in like 12 months time or whatever. But like to have that as a starting block yeah. to inspire me to start other projects and to do other things, that, that was, I think that's absolutely invaluable to, mm. to have that to, to yep. really write down like what exactly do i want what are the things i need to do it and i suppose you know and part of the process leading up to that that we maybe did talk about was like looking at where you are right now like how satisfied are you yep. with your relationships how satisfied are you with your your finances your work life and just maybe having you know having a taking a step back and having a look at okay yep. actually like these are the things i want in my financial life, but I've never really articulated it. And yeah. here are the actions I need to take to do it. And whether that yeah. involves later down the track doing like individual projects or, you know, looking into, I suppose I'm just using the financial goals as one, like um, getting like financial advice or a new way of saving money or getting certain jobs or passive income and all that sort of thing, like yeah. whether it eventually breaks down into smaller projects to have like, general actions that you know are working towards your goal that you can kind of refine and fine-tune along the way i, I think it's going to be really invaluable so in terms mm. i didn't go you know as in depth as to plan every single part of my week in terms mm. of like outcome and giving time but as, as an inspiration to make sure that i'm using my time wisely and um you know streamlining the things that kind of have to get done 
but also I'm reducing the amount of time that I'm just wasting in distraction, mm. doing things that I don't really need to do that aren't important to me and trying to spend more time in that, that zone where I'm feeling fulfilled and I'm free and I'm engaged and I'm excited and using my energies for the right reason. Mm. Um, yeah. I, it, yeah. It, that, that fires me up. That excites me. Yeah. Yeah. That part, yeah. That part of it. Yeah. As a chimp paradox would say, it's helping you discover your stone of life. That's it. That's it. Via the, uh, the world of carrots or something. So, um, next week I bought a Kindle. So oh, you've got it. Go. Yeah. I've got a Kindle. Happy on that. Bought nice. A couple of books on it already. So, um, next week we'll be doing the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. So, um, yeah. Tying really well to this. Yeah. Yeah. We're hoping we're doing a bit of a, um, was a three part series on, you know, how would you describe it? Time management, like, yeah. activity and, um, lifestyle design. <laughs> lifestyle design so yeah I've, um, I'm halfway through that at the moment so um, I guess I'll wrap that up over the weekend yeah, yeah. reflections for you uh, next next week when we meet again nice one That's cheers mate, mate. enjoying this Good yeah stuff. yeah look forward to it I'll see you next time see you mate bye The six steps to decision-making, the O-O-C-E-M-R program. Yeah. And then inside of that, he goes four ways to resolve a problem. But R is like one of the six. So in R, there's four things you need to do. (laughs) Make it on paper, be clear about the what and why. Don't wait for clarity. Clarify the outcomes. Then he goes on to like problem solving. There's four parts to that. It's just ridiculous so it's the o-o-c-e-m-r six-step problem solving process but two of the last bits of the process have a four-step process within them (laughs) and then he's got like your what like and there's there's quite there's a few different examples of that throughout the program Mm, yeah that's i think that's the kind of sentiment i was trying to get get out because oh we did yeah we did yeah (laughs) it's not fair it's not fair to say it's unstructured because on the one hand it's he's going for lots of structure but it's like he has all these mini structures all over the place and then so it's like each little bit like if you take the the r of the o o um, ECMR six step decision making process and you broke like you take the four step thing from that of the resolve aspect then maybe yeah. that is structured but like when you take the 10 days as a whole and you've got like these buildings of structure floating all over the place that what I'm saying is like the entirety of it doesn't feel joined no. in any way